Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Friday, April 15th, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, the future of Democratic leadership in the House. Number two, House Republican women to watch. And number three, the latest in the tally. All right, Jake, let's get into it. Yesterday, we detailed possibilities, questions, uh, you know, what was going to happen with House Republicans. And today, in the top of Punchbowl News AM, we are looking at what the future of House Democrats look like. In particular, what are our six questions about House Democratic leadership in 2023? Um, let's get into it. The, the biggest question, of course, does Speaker Nancy Pelosi stay or go? Yeah, I mean, this is the unanswerable question, right, Anna? I mean, you and I have been having this conversation for, you know, a dozen years. And, um, since the last time she lost the majority, or not even the last time she lost the majority. I guess, yeah, I guess it was the last time she lost the majority in 2010. Um, there is, you know, I. <laughs> it's easy to say, but there has not, for most House Democrats, almost, I would actually say, I'd be interested what the number is. I would assume it's almost all House Democrats have never served under another leader than Nancy Pelosi. Um, she's a huge draw, but like, Times have changed. Nancy Pelosi's 82. Um, and if the Democrats lose the House, like, I assume she's going to, you know, she's going to leave. I don't know. But if she keeps the House, I, I, I honestly don't know, Anna. What do you think? I mean, it's almost useless to talk about this, yet it drives everything in, basically everything in Congress, right? Yeah, it's so uh, it's it's so fraught, right, in the sense that um, nobody wants to well, I mean, I think you do at your own peril. Tell her what to do. Uh, we, you know, a lot of people have countered her out time and time again. But let's just play it out a little bit, which is, okay, so let's say she decides on her own volition uh, to leave Democrats, lose the House, as most people expect. I think the biggest question then is what happens with Steny Hoyer and Jim Clyburn? Um, do they try to tr move up? Do they try to go for the top leadership slot in uh, the Democratic caucus, that's going to be the big question. Yeah, I mean, um, Hoyer and Clyburn have, in their own way, especially Hoyer, been waiting to be leader for decades. Um, but there's no doubt. But, you know, first of all, neither of them are spring chickens. Um, and, uh, you know, Hoyer, Clyburn's 81. I think Hoyer is about that, too. I could Google it while we're doing this here. Um, he's 82. Um, so, you know, I, I have to imagine that most, most people that we spoke to believe that there would be a challenge to Hoyer if he launches a bid for democratic leader, that's going to be real messy. Um, he's not certain to retire if Democrats lose their majority. Um, but let's talk about number, the number three thing here, which is the new three, which is what I guess Brez kind of probably made that up, which is a, I guess it's a fine name. Um, oh, just wait for it. We might, we might be wordsmithing this year in the next couple yeah, of months. The new yeah, three, Jake not uh, sold on it. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. Whatever. He can call whatever he wants. Um, so the big three, Pelosi, Hoyer, Clyburn, he's come up with the new three, which is Hakeem Jeffries of New York, the Democratic caucus chair, assistant speaker. Catherine Clark of Massachusetts and Pete Aguilar of California, the caucus vice chair. I mean, they are the next um, three, you know, 
obvious choices. They're all they don't make any bones about their desire to be in to be you know the next three and 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 they're pretty they're pretty skilled. I mean, and you know what? I would say this: they're probably more um, representative of the Democratic caucus right now than any other three, right? I mean, Hakeem, Hakeem Jeffries, uh, a black New York Democrat, Catherine Clark, a progressive woman from the Northeast, and Pete Aguilar, uh, a Hispanic uh, Democrat from California. I mean, that's relatively representative of the Democratic caucus, right? And would be a smooth transition, right? All of them are in leadership. They clearly want to move up. I think the biggest question and the most interesting to th- thing that we're writing about this morning is Adam Schiff. What does he want? And there's a lot of talk about whether or not he could uh, position himself for his own leadership race. Yeah, so the... Um that's right. I mean, this is something that I think a lot of people aren't focused on. Adam Schiff wants to be the leader. Um, he's weighing a bit for speaker. He's weighing a bit for minority leaders, having conversations. He has $18 million on hand. I mean, what is, what are his, what is his base of support? Unclear, but I mean, you can't, you can't scoff at him. Um, he is a, a big figure in the democratic caucus. He's somebody who, um, has has respect. I mean, clearly he took a much more prominent role in the last six years, given uh, his his uh, uh, given impeachment and his role on the uh, intelligence committee as chair of the intelligence committee. So all of those things uh, have made Schiff more prominent, and it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. All right, let's move on to the number two story of the morning: House Republican women on the rise. Uh, I got some flack yesterday uh, in personal um, communication, emails, and texts, as as I told you, that we were talking about uh, the future of the Republicans in the House and the fact that we were kind of weighing what Elise Stefanik did but did not mention if she chose to stay uh, in or, or chooses to go the committee route that what would would look like for leadership in terms of women on the rise. Um, I think it's fair, certainly fair to say the House Republican Conference has had a problem for a long time that it's far too many white men and not enough women, not enough diversity. And in recent years, more uh, minority and women lawmakers have been elected. But I do think it's worth, let's just talk about this for uh, for a little bit. Like, Let's say if Elise Stefanik takes a pass on running for House Republican Conference chair or whip during the next Congress, that leaves a pretty big hole for another potential Republican women to rise up. Yeah, the flack that you got is equally kind of um, directed at at the House Republicans, right? I mean, they've had a problem for a long time in attracting women. They've done, you give them credit, they've done better in recent years, mostly fueled by Elise Stefanik, who has done a, uh, who has launched this kind of big bid to um, uh, recruit women to run for office. Um, So there are a couple people, let's talk about three people. Uh, We have more in the newsletter this morning. Um, Let's talk about the three people. Let's talk about Kat Kamek first. She has impressed leadership during her one term in the House. She's a former Hill aide who serves on Homeland Security and made an internal play for the seat on energy and commerce. I would be interested. I'll be interested to see if if she could run for um, 
Republican study committee chair or conference chair, uh, to be honest with you, if if that is open. Uh, Ashley Hinson, she is probably one of the most prominent young uh, Republicans, women or man, woman or man. Um, she uh, has 1.6 million on hand, knocked off a, Repub- a Democrat rather, uh, she could run for conference chair. I'll choose one more person here. Uh, this is surprising to me, at least Debbie Lesko, a Republican of Arizona. She uh, is one of the few people who's who's able to move between the hardline factions in the conference and the uh, remaining uh, GOP moderates. She might have a seat at the table, according to sources that we've spoken to, and that's all pretty interesting to me. Absolutely. And there's some more other other women that we kind of lay out in terms of, you know, possibilities for moving up. Um, certainly something that we're going to keep our eyes on. So uh, as our listeners always and our readers uh, can can be very uh, fruitful in terms of uh, sharing their opinions with us. Always interested. Please do. I am, I am always interested to hear who you all think are, you know, kind of making moves, doing interesting things, please keep us in mind as uh, you uh, think about that going forward because this is going to be something we're going to cover certainly through uh, the midterms and beyond. Uh, let's move on, Jake, to the number three story of the morning. We cover uh, politics through the lens of our feature called The Tally. Uh, so we've got some interesting numbers here. I'm just going to lay it out. Senator John Kennedy, Republican from Louisiana, who's up for re-election, reported raising $5.3 million in the first quarter of 2022 and has $13.9 million on hand. Um, also interesting here, DNC Chair Jamie Harrison, uh, former Clyburn Staffer, who, uh, who has been around uh, Democratic politics for a long time, transferred $25,000 from his campaign account to the South Carolina Democratic Party. He, of course, ran against Senator Lindsey Graham last cycle. And with that, happy Friday. I hope you're having a great week. Thank you so much for listening. Leave us a rating and review. It's the best and easiest way for folks to find out about the Daily Punch. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.